Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. You can follow me at Dan Urban MMA. And you can follow the podcast at Couchside Judges. You can also subscribe to the show wherever you listen. And if you like what you're hearing, please give us a five-star review. And we're going to talk about judging on this show, so you might as well learn the criteria, which can be found at abcboxing.com. Dan, we're going into uh, a fight weekend here. It's coming a little early, but it's not UFC. It's Bellator. Yeah, Bellator's back first time in 2021. Yeah, they um, they delayed the start to their season. Uh, well, to their, their schedule, I guess. It's not really a season. Uh, I guess I, my understanding is it was you know sort of related a little bit to the fact that they are now going to be on Showtime. MMA is back on Showtime. Kind of... Uh... A little bit nostalgic feeling, I suppose. I guess. For for Strike Force, thinking yeah. back to some of the interesting fights we used to get. Yeah, because sometimes I'd just be flipping through channels and then I'd see Showtime. Oh my God, there's MMA tonight. All right, let me tune in. What do you? What are some of your best memories of watching Strike Force back in the day on on Showtime? Oh, I, I probably said this a dozen times on this show, but you know, Diaz daily, Diaz, oh, yeah. Diaz versus uh, Cyborg. When that armbar was beautiful. It's a lot. You know, Strike Force reminds me of Nick Diaz, really. So I'm getting that sense. Yeah. And it, it, when he beat uh, Frank Shamrock, that whole lead up to that fight was great. Then he put a beating on him for forever. How long was that? For? Did he finish him? I don't remember. See, I didn't start watching Strike Force until I want to say it was like, oh, nine. OK, so I he, think I think it was after their fight. OK. And, and, and another Strike Force fight that I remember fondly was uh, uh, Luke Rockhold beating Jacare for five rounds, like super soundly. I would like to say that I don't remember that fondly because <laughs> I had a little wager on oh. Jacare. Was it with me? Was this time. one of the rare ones I won? No, this oh. was with. <laughs> so this was like no, you didn't win anything on me. I don't think. I think I, like I, one at the. I end. had to get one or two. No, you kept coming back for more. Okay. You were very hapless <laughs> for a while. <laughs> Just... Take advantage of the guy who bets with his heart. Yes, I kind of did. <laughs> <laughs> I figured that out a while ago. <laughs> no, this was with one of those stupid websites. Uh, I forget the name of it. Um, before everything was technically, you know, legalized in the state and everything like that. I don't know how it really worked, but yeah, I was, you know, I I wasn't really covering the sport yet. I was just just kind of interested in it, and so I placed a wager. And, and what really had happened? I actually won really good betting on. Tito Ortiz to beat Ryan Bader. Oh, okay. So I was playing with house money. And oh, that's good. I put all the house money on uh, on Jacare. Uh-huh. I figured, oh, he's going to beat this guy. It was Luke Rockhold. <laughs> he hasn't faced anybody. And, I mean, you know, yeah. I didn't do my research. That was Rockhold's coming out party. It was. I mean, he he... He hadn't really been as active against top level competition and he really hadn't you really hadn't seen much of him against anybody outside of kind of the, you know the, the strike force contender series where it was you know not necessarily always I mean it was it was a star building show and it was it was mm-hmm. star building it was a contender building show of course but you you didn't see him against someone like Jock Ray who I have I still have a very high opinion of um and I would still oh, have loved course. to have seen them run it back at some point now both of them, you know, I almost feel like that'd be an interesting fight again. Noah, I kind of, I don't think, I think Jacare runs through him. I, I mean, Rockhold has been very prone to getting knocked out, so. I don't know, it's tough to say, but yeah, it, I think it's interesting, you know? It, it would be an interesting, you know, memory lane fight. 
But yeah, so I don't think fondly of that fight. Okay. For, there's a weird <laughs> There's a weird fight that I think back to when I think of um when I think of Strike Force. For whatever reason, I think it was Strike Force Los Angeles. And the headliner was Babalu, Hanatu Babalu Sabral against Robbie Lawler at a catch weight 195 pounds. Babalu was coming down. He was obviously a 205 pounder most of his mm-hmm. career. Uh and and Robbie, you know, he he'd been fighting at middleweight at this point. Of course, he ended up becoming, after this, the welterweight champion of the UFC, which, I mean, I don't think anybody really thought that, that was going to happen once we saw the Robbie we saw in Strike Force down the end, where he's taking this 195-pound catch weight. He's, he kind of looks like puffed-up uh, BJ Penn when BJ fought <laughs> Leota Machida, and he didn't win that fight. Babalu won that fight, and Babalu, like, I I mean, it's way in. It doesn't mean anything, but Babalu, I believe, weighed in a pound less than Robbie for this one. <laughs> Oh, wow. If I remember right, this is all memory. I didn't look any of this up, so uh, yeah, I could be I, wrong here. I don't remember that fight very much. I don't remember much about Babalu and Strike Force, to be honest. Well, Babalu at one point was their light heavyweight champion. Okay. And then he got just destroyed by Gegard Musasi in like a straight minute. Oh, well, Gegard's pretty good. Gegard's okay. Yeah. <laughs> now, G- Gegard, he's one of those guys that I feel like a lot of people give him flack because of certain things like you know he's very inconsistent you know he he's someone that if he has it that day there's just there really aren't a ton of people who actually beat him but then he'll show up and this was another strike force fight he'll show up and he'll have a draw with you know kind of a you know near the end of his career keith jardine keith jardine wow i haven't heard that name in a long time dina mean <laughs> he does a lot of acting now really yeah yeah he, he's doing acting uh, and it's not just stunt stuff. He he was on some sort of like Western show. I think it's on Netflix. I don't remember the name, but I was reading about it. Okay. Yeah, he's he's transitioned. I remember I saw him pop up for like like a heartbeat in the movie. I think it was called Gamer or the Gamer or something like that mm. with uh with Gerard Butler and Michael C. Hall was the villain. This movie's atrocious, by the way. Don't go watch it. <laughs> not a movie. But I remember judgment. just there's like a scene in the beginning of the movie because it, it takes place like ostensibly you're you're fighting in a you know, real life video game kind of thing. I, I kind of almost forget. Maybe I'm mixing up the details. It doesn't matter because you were told not to watch it to so don't. But yeah, at some point he just pops up and he makes like a like a like a excited face like you know his Vikingish you okay. know figure that yeah. he cuts and and you see him for like a good three seconds and that's it. I was like, hey, Keith Jardine. Maybe most he, memorable thing that happened in that movie. Maybe he was in uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. He is not. Yeah, okay. I've played 45 hours of that and I haven't seen him yet. Oof. Sounds like a long game. It's an extremely long game, but I'm enjoying it. I am enjoying oh, it. I'm good. I'm working my way north in uh in England. Okay. Are you, are you just England, playing the story? It's not England yet. Was that? Are you just playing the story or are you trying to hit 100%? Oh, I don't think I'll be able to 100% this game. I heard people okay. spent like 200 hours trying to 100% this. I'm like, you know, <laughs> I got a backlog. I got other stuff I want to do. All right. So, uh, yeah, I'll I'll save 100% for other people. Gotcha. Yeah. But as far as Strike Force, back to all the way back to Strike Force, we we really hit a few tangents there, didn't we? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm excited to I'm excited to see Bellator over there. I, I I didn't love the way the product was presented on Paramount Network uh, on, you know, Spike before it switched over to Paramount Network. It just it wasn't the right fit for them. They were on CBS Sports, too, right? For a brief moment. 
I think they're technically owned by, I believe Showtime is affiliated with CBS, which okay. is kind of the way it works, where there is some speculation. I think this is pure speculation that at some point they could put a Bellator show on, you know, main network CBS at some wow. point. This is this is pure speculation on the part because that is something that happened in the past with Strikeforce. Um, no one at Showtime, no one at Bellator, no one's saying anything like mm-hmm. that. And I, I think we have to just treat it as like, hey, maybe if they do well, they could do that. But it is, I think it's not out of the realm of possibility. Okay. But my understanding, because uh, I, I did get the chance to speak to Scott Coker last week. Uh, and, you know, we talked a bit about, you know, coming back and, and you know, just, just how much it's kind of like, it felt like coming home and that kind of thing. Uh, you know, for him, even you know, he's just mm-hmm. used to these people and working with these people and everything. But the product should look very similar. It's going to have that strike force, uh, you know, showtime feel to it. Now, do you think that it'll be presented like the one fight we're going to talk about and have no round or clock overlay? <laughs> oh, yeah. So what Dan's referring to is we're going to be doing an episode here. We're going to talk about uh, we'll do splitting headaches. So we're just going to talk about split decisions and in particular we'll focus on split rounds. One of the fights that we chose uh, is a Gil- is the the third in three Gilbert Melendez versus Josh Thompson showdowns. Great fights. All three of them were great fights. You know, all, all of them went the distance. Um, but when we watched this round through Fight Pass, there was no overlay. Yeah, there's no HUD. There's no one saying names or time clock or anything like that. And Dan, I believe this is just kind of my guess here. I think they took it all down because it was all the showtime oh you think it was presentation gotcha that's my guess okay i don't know that but it is a guess because i i don't remember watching strike force fights and having no clock at all i don't remember that in the least yeah neither do i but that was was i I think that's what it is Dan. Uh, it's actually a good guess that's probably true yeah but yeah that's that's actually the second of of two splitting headache fights and you know we might as well get into them right yeah, the first one we're going to do because this is Bellator and and the headliner for this Bellator card that we're coming up on this weekend is Patricio Pitbull having a rematch with Emmanuel Sanchez in the semifinal of their featherweight grand prix which has been delayed of course because of covid and everything so it it was supposed to have wrapped up a while ago still not quite wrapped up i think they're aiming to uh what scott told me was if uh if they're able to get out of this, you know, with no injuries and that kind of thing, they're aiming to try to do it, you know, like June, July. So they're hoping to wrap it up quick. So which round is this then? This is the semifinal. We already have the other finalist in place, and that's AJ McKee. It's kind of, it's kind of funny, right, that the champ is in the Grand Prix? Well, that's what they've done. They they did that with their welterweight one as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's just the way they decided that they wanted to do their tournament was to have the champion in there. Okay. I mean, that's, you know... Does he win something extra? Fedor would would enter those tournaments too, the uh, the Grand Prix in, right. in Pride. But is there like a, a separate prize besides the title? Yeah, a million dollars. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, yeah. Prize. Well, all right, champ, get in there. Yeah. All right, I didn't know that. Get that paper. <laughs> I believe that ca- that's all stemmed from some sort of partnership that they. I mean, I don't think it. I don't know if it extended into this one or not, but at least for the welterweight one, I think it was tied to fifty cent or fifty cent. I should say it's fifty. Wow. Okay. AKA Ferrari. <laughs> but yeah, that was the, I think he was involved with that one. I don't think he does anything with this anymore. I think now it's just a million dollar prize. Okay, it's a good just prize. a million dollar prize. It's you know, good, that's good, it. Good prize. Mm-hmm. I was just telling my wife, I want ten million dollars, and I, and I could walk away. Just give me ten million, and I'm done for like anything. Just I don't need more than that. 
Yeah, I don't think you do. Yeah, you can ten, totally survive on ten million. Mm-hmm. Very we, happy. We could just that. sit around. We can make a billion episodes of of the Couchside Judges. We'll do one every day. I'm in. That would be fun. Be better than going to work every day. <laughs> I'm not gonna pay you. Well, what the hell is this partnership? <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy a good studio. We can buy a good studio. Okay. All right. That's good. All right. But yeah. So why don't we get into splitting headaches then? Uh, and the first fight we're going to be doing is Patricio Pitbull in a rematch against Daniel Veichel. Veichel, excuse me. Uh, so this one, it was back in uh, July 14, 2018 at Bellator 203. This was the headliner. Uh, Pitbull, of course, is, you know, any, just about any time he's on the cards, he's he tends to be the headliner because he's their biggest star um, and has been around for the longest time. I don't know if he's the, been the biggest star, but he's 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 Mr. Bellator to me anyway. Um but yeah, this was this was in Rome at the uh, at the Foro Italico. Kind of didn't like the venue. No, why not? Because it's uh, just if it's not the Coliseum, I just don't see the need to be outdoors. Fair enough. And it's got to affect you're the just, fighters. I mean, it's very hot. They they were saying anti-Italian like, slant, don't you? No, no. I'm I got some Italian in me. No, I know you do. I'm just kidding. And I love pasta and pizza. That's true. I can't get enough of that. Amen. I had a hankering for pasta the other day. I ended up with fettuccine Alfredo. Nice. But yeah, back to this one. Pitbull, he's coming to this one, 26 and 4. Uh, and then just a week after he had turned 31 years old. So he's still he's still a young guy. He's been fighting forever, but it's just we've seen him forever in Bellator. Um, he had just reclaimed the featherweight title from Daniel Strauss the previous April. And that was about a year and a half after he had lost it to Strauss by decision. So yeah, he, now he's really he's back on top. It's Pitbull's division again, featherweight. Uh, Vichel, he's 39 and nine coming into this one. <laughs> what a record, uh, age 33. He'd won 11 of his last 12 coming into this one. And that one loss was to Pitbull the first time by knockout. I thought it was, a, wasn't it a decision? First one? The first one? Oh, uh, no, no, never mind. First, no, I'm, I'm thinking Sanchez versus Vichel. You're thinking of Sanchez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're getting, yeah. you're putting the car before the horse. We're, we're yeah. still on Vichel. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he he had actually won a split decision over John Teixeira in the previous April, uh, right before this fight as well. So uh, judges for this one, Derek Cleary, Sal D'Amato, and Chris Lee, and the referee is Dan Mergliata, who all made the trip to Italy, which is what I want to do. Now, we're not going to go down the entirety of this fight, but I think we'll kind of treat it the way we tend to with uh, contested rounds after fights, right? So let's just start with round one, which was a split round among the judges. Uh, in this round, we'll just kind of get it out of the way here. Sal D'Amato and Chris Lee saw this one for Pitbull, and Derek Cleary saw it for Vichel. How did you see it, sir? So this round's very interesting round, I thought. Uh, I ended up. Wow, sp- I had the complete opposite reaction. Well, for different. Uh, let me explain my reasoning. Okay. Uh, I went 10 9 Vichel. It was a very low output round, and I thought the striking was pretty even. And I think there may be a case to make for moving to the secondary tier scoring in this for effective aggression. I did not do that. I did not do that, but I do think there is some kind of case to be made to do that. Okay. Uh, I think Vichel landed slightly more effective because of the light kicks. And that was my yeah, reason that was for more or less him. did it for me. So, but I, I, I do think there's a, a case to be made if someone would go to the secondary tier. You know, I get what you're saying because, God, this was a hard fight to watch, honestly, for me. This, or this <laughs> round, anyway. This was this was a tough round because it was it was very much a feeling out round, mm-hmm. and it just it was not entertaining. And actually, if if you look at what was happening on the main card of this event. 
I don't know if you got the chance to kind of scan it over, but this was this was the order of of how things happened in the fights leading up to this one, right? Mm-hmm. First fight, six second head kick KO. Okay, six good start. Second fight, TKO four fifteen into the first round. Third fight, knockout by punch a minute thirty nine in. Fourth fight, a spinning back kick KO a minute and six seconds into the fight. Wow, that was Andre Koroshkov, who's who's one of their be- better uh, welterweights. Uh, the the co-main event right before a minute nineteen TKO victory by Alessio Sakara, the the famous uh, mm-hmm. Italian former UFC middleweight who's who at this point was competing at two hundred five for Bellator. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we got knockout after knockout after knockout, and they're all happening in the first round, usually a minute or two in. So everyone's like on their feet, and then you get this one where nothing happened for the first round. So that makes me be like, okay, so those first four fights, those fighters had the idea of, wow, I don't want to be out in this weather this long. Let me finish <laughs> it quick. And Pitbull and Vichel had the idea of, okay, we're scheduled for five rounds. It's brutal out here. Let's pace ourselves. Maybe. Maybe it was something like that. Or maybe you just made that up. I did. Because you hate the venue. I don't hate it. I just don't think it's it's optimal for fighting. Yeah, I like things indoors too. Unless Fight Island was actually on an island, then I was all for outdoors. Yeah, that would have been interesting if they set it up on some sort of floating thing with mermaids around, like I I always like to say. Yep. Wasn't going to happen. But yeah, this, honestly, I just thought this was just a terrible round to watch aesthetically. (laughs) But yeah, I think the leg kicks make the difference. If you're going to put something out there, sure, I think so. Yeah, so we both got 10-9 Vichel for round one. Yeah, and I was, honestly, I was very indifferent to the result here. So like if you were, if you had come in and you said, Patricio had done enough to win that round. I probably wouldn't have fought you. I would have said, "No, nah, you know, I like the le- like the take." Uh, excuse me, I like the leg kicks. Yeah, but, but otherwise, yeah, whatever. Nothing yeah. really happened here. Yep. So the fact that the judges were split on this one, honestly, fine, whatever. I can understand. You gotta you gotta put some strikes out there into the world. Give the judges something, you know. <laughs> yeah, help make it easy. Is, if you don't like the way things go, and I'm, you know, I don't know that anybody was complaining after that, but like, if you don't like the way it was scored, that's on you. Do something, you know. Do more. So yeah, that was it for round one. Rounds two, three, and four, we had unanimous agreement among the judges. Uh, Pipple got rounds two and four. Everyone had Vichel winning round three. That was a very definitive round for him. Uh, and then round five, we come back around again, and this is another split round here. So what did you see in the fifth and final round, sir? I thought it was close. Uh, I am a tad surprised that this round was split. I thought it was close, but I thought it was pretty clear for Pitbull. You know, it was a pretty slow round, but Pitbull was landing very solidly with the right. Well, sir, it's not just split. Two out of the three, Derek Cleary and Chris Lee, they saw it for Vichel. Only Sal D'Amato gave this one to Pitbull. Yeah. He, was the, uh, he was the out judge here. I think Sal got it right here. I do, too. I, I do. I, I think it was... I think it was a solid round. I, I don't. I don't want to say it was like a a round that couldn't have gone the other way. No, it was close, but I still thought it was it was kind of clear. What do you think? What where do you think uh, Pitbull had the most success? Most success was was at distance when he, he smashing him with his right. He, he forced Vichel to try to grapple because he didn't want to get punched anymore. His face was busted up. I mean, it was still not that not that high of an output, but I thought Pitbull Pitbull for sure in the striking. Yeah, Pipple hits hard when he when he lands, especially with when he's really committing to it. I mean, he knocks people out. He knocked out uh, Michael Chandler at, at lightweight. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. And he's someone that if he really wanted to, he could probably fight a bantamweight. That'd be interesting. 
He's he's kind of that same type as uh, as like Frankie Edgar. Okay, so he can go down. Interesting. Mm-hmm. He's he's talked about it, but I think that's on hold now because he's he's obviously a part of this featherweight tournament. He is their lightweight champion as well, and he's talked about potentially dropping the belt just because he doesn't want to hold things up, uh, especially if it means an opportunity for his brother uh, Patricky Pitbull. So he, you're saying he can be a three division champ? If he really wanted to be, and then go fight Cejudo. <laughs> Well, you would have to decide he wants to go to the UFC. He seems very comfortable in Bellator. He is. That, nah, you know what? That's fine. He's one of the guys in Pip in uh, Bellator that I don't mind tuning into. Yeah, I know you're not a huge uh, Bellator guy in general. Um, but yeah, I, I think no matter what type of fan you are, if you're UFC only bro or uh, you know someone who watches everything, you know somewhere in the middle, even I think you can appreciate what Patricio Pitbull has done with his career. He's got legitimate wins over guys that i mean everybody should really look at and say okay this is this is a resume this is someone who you need to understand that even if he's not in the oc he's really good he is excellent and honestly i could make a case that he's the best 145 pounder in the world i wouldn't have a problem with that and if if uh michael chandler ends up winning the ufc title the lightweight title Bellator for sure is going to make the argument that they have the best 155 pounder in the world. Well, they definitely will make that argument. But the thing is, and they should. Chandler wouldn't be winning the belt from Khabib. So, uh, I mean, I agree, but so you know, Khabib doesn't fight anymore. That's just the way it is. Yeah, that's true. I just wish they marketed the product better instead of you know a 30 second spot in between endless bar rescue episodes of how they have in the past. Because- well, that's that was the problem, and I think now. Because they ended up at Showtime, I think there's a lot of confidence and enthusiasm that that's going to change. Okay, They know that Showtime believes in fight sport and combat sports. They've marketed it before. They've done well with it. They It wasn't a fit. It wasn't a fit. And I think, you know, I think they were making the right steps. I like John McCarthy on commentary. I like Josh Thompson. Uh, I always like Mike Goldberg, whatever, however anyone else has. Mike Goldberg is not him. coming back. He, Mike Goldberg's gone, but I, he still has a, a nice place in my heart. I know. I as know long as he's not enjoy. doing football. But I, I just have to say this about uh, Mike Goldberg. <laughs> For him, it is all over. Oh, that's harsh. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to pile on Mike, but you know, it's it's low hanging fruit. Yeah. So, but, I mean, I do like Big John. But now, and they've got so. Mauro Ronaldo back. Oh, Mauro's great. He is. He very he enthusiastic. enthusiasm. Yeah. It, nobody brings the enthusiasm like uh what does he call himself the bipolar rock and roller is that what he calls i didn't know he called i believe himself he does I, I i believe that's actually coming from him um he you know he he's he's been very outspoken about mental health and that kind of thing he, he's i appreciate what he brings to the table with that because you know in this day and age everybody needs to be aware of uh mental health yeah definitely but yeah i'm interested to see the product that bellator puts out there on friday night uh when it comes to their their debut on on showtime and because of the, the strike force connection and, and the fact that Josh Thompson, as we mentioned, is on the broadcast, we did decide to pick our second splitting headaches fight for the evening to be or for this show to be a Josh Thompson fight. And, you know, what better way to do it than the split decision trilogy fight, which decided once and for all who was the best of the strike force light weight champions. And it really came down to just one round in this. So, you know, before we dive in, Dan, I, I probably should set it up, right? Yeah, go go do that. So we got, again, this was one of the last Strike Force events. They, it was one of the last few that they had. Uh, co-main event 
for this one. This was actually the co-main event for the event uh, held at their unofficial home arena of HP Pavilion in San Jose on May 19, 2012. You know, Strike Force was still going in 2013, right? It feels like a long time ago, but it also doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't feel that long ago, but it does feel like forever ago. Yeah, it's that was almost like an end of an era. It was like, and then that gave way to like the Conor McGregor era, the rise of Conor and that kind of thing. It would be cool if they went to the Hexagon for Bellator. Get rid of that enormous circle. Oh uh, no, I think I'm almost positive we're gonna stick with the circle. I, we, I would, I would have to think we would heard about it by now if they were switching yeah. to the Hexagon. <laughs> um, whatever they do, they should shrink the size of that cage. That size is monstrous. It's really huge. It just, it looks like. It looks like you could just run around and not find anybody for an hour. You might be able to. Yeah. Hopefully not. Hopefully we get good fights. But uh, yeah, the, the headliner for this one, Dan, was was the Daniel Cormier decision victory over Josh Barnett in the final of the Strikeforce World Heavyweight Grand Prix, which he came in as an alternate. An alternate replacement, winning the Grand Prix, going on to being one of the best heavyweights or best fighters I, ever. This was very much like a coming out party for him when he beat... Barnett, I think everyone really took notice of what potential he had because, yeah, he had the wrestling, but he was winning with his with his hands. He looked really good in and that DC. fight too. That really he he caught my eye because I I don't know if you remember when Cormier debuted, like he made his professional debut. He was someone who people identified even from the jump that like this guy could be something because obviously he'd been a, a an Olympic wrestler, Olympic level wrestler. Yeah, that high caliber athlete for sure. You. You want a blue chipper who panned out? Daniel Cormier. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Um, but back to this one. Melendez, he's coming into this one at 20 and 2. He's 30 years old. Uh, was making his fourth straight lightweight title defense for Strike Force. Had clearly just beaten Jorge Masvidal in their previous December fight by decision. Uh, not the most interesting of fights. But uh, he, he did also have the most recent win over Thompson because, again, this was the rubber match. Uh, he won that by unanimous decision in December 2009, unifying the interim and Josh Thompson's uh, mainline title. Thompson, he's 19 and four with a no contest, 33 years old, coming off of a decision win over KJ Noons just two months before. Remember when KJ Noons was very relevant in Strike Force? Yeah, that made me hate Goldberg even more. <laughs> Why? Because Goldberg was the interviewer during that Don't Be Scared, homie, uh, whole ordeal. And Goldberg goes, well, we know he's not scared. Oh, we're like, I thought you meant Mike Goldberg. Oh, no, no. This is Bill Goldberg, the the oh, yes, most okay. overrated wrestler in of all time that still gets matches for some reason because people want to tune in and watch him. It's horrible. I, you know, I can talk about this for hours, but I got to move on. Yeah, I, I don't have much to offer because I didn't even watch WCW back in the day. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, so we'll move, move forward. Uh, yeah, he... The, Thompson, he had won uh, the first match between these two, of course, uh, between Melendez and him, also by unanimous decision in June 2008. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but so he had taken the title from Melendez in that fight. Who did Gilbert Melendez first win the Strike Force lightweight title from? I'll give you a hint if Corey you, if you want. Corey No, no, no. Masvidal yeah. was never a champion like that. Do you want a hint? Yeah. Okay. The hint is that he is still fighting at 155 pounds. For one of the top organizations. who And he won in 2008? Melendez beat this person two- for the Strikeforce title in 2008. All right. That was... So someone who's, who's been fighting for 13 years and was the champion of an organization at that point. So he, he'd been fighting even longer. Still fighting. Still 155 pounds. And still you're seeing and hearing his name. I don't know. 
Giving up? No guess? Can't even think of a 55er from from Strike Force. Well, that's probably because you wouldn't think of him with Strike Force. Clay Guida. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I would have never yeah. thought that. I, I thought he was WEC and uh, UFC. No, he was never WEC. Oh, okay. See? Shows what I know. That shows what you know. You know nothing, John Snow. But the judges for this one were Ralph McKnight, Bruce Rasmussen, and Susan Thomas Gitlin with the referee Dan Stell. So we don't have too much to say about most of these rounds. Like I said, there's really only one deciding round here. So we'll just go over really quickly. Rounds one and two were Melendez from all the judges. Rounds four and five were Thompson from all the judges. So there was kind of like a very clear transition point in this fight Mm -hmm. in round three. And that's where we will focus on. So what did you see first off with it? Let's just let's even do that before we get to what the judges said. Really close round. I thought uh, Gilbert landed really well in the, you know, clinch and I guess dirty boxing positions against the cage and against breaks. And I thought Thompson did really well when he would come forward and be the aggressor. What I ended up seeing was Gilbert landing a bit better and a bit more often. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty that's pretty good assumption or not pretty good assessment there. I, I thought he was landing with, with a little bit more oomph. You know, it was a good round. It was just a fun round. Yeah, it was a good round. Um, good fight. I mean, this this whole trilogy was is eminently watchable. Yeah, I might go back and watch it. You should. I, I think you should. I actually didn't get the chance to do that, but I might even do that as well. Um, these These two, they could have fought 20 times, and I think you probably could have still ended up getting to the point where they were tied yeah uh probably but i but i think you're right I, I think there was just a little bit more and a little bit more often from melendez here so that's why i sided that way um which means uh that we sided with the majority here melendez got the win 48 47 the two judges who gave him 10 nines here uh were mcknight and rasmussen thompson got the round from thomas gitlin um she ended up giving 48-47 for Thompson. Yeah, I, I could see it going for Thompson. When he landed, he was landing pretty good. And maybe it's basically moving Gilbert, you know, almost only across the cage every time he landed. So good reactions, but just wasn't enough of it. Yeah, probably just a little more often could have made a difference. That's a good way. So yeah, did you notice who the announcers were? I know Morrow was the announcer, and I know uh, Pat Militich. But was the other one Trevor Whitman? It, no, it sounded like him, but I don't know if it was him or it not. It was not Trevor Whitman. I didn't. I didn't actually catch who it was. I didn't pay attention to that. But I and yeah, I noticed Pat. Um, but yeah, I I didn't catch who the third was. Um, now I'm trying to remember who that would have been at the time. I don't know. It's not coming to me. Okay. That has been obviously we're talking about. It, it feels like it hasn't been that long. But in that when you make me think about that, I'm like, yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> but I am excited to see what we get uh, when Showtime brings back Bellator, brings Bellator on board this weekend. I think it's going to be a good product. I think it's going to be interesting. They always put together good packages, uh, you know, let you know about who their fighters are and that kind of thing. It, it's it's good. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you know. Hopefully I, the fights deliver. I'm looking forward to it a little bit, too. Hopefully they, they bring me in. What? Hopefully they bring me in and, and make me want to watch all the time. Oh, they like like suck you in. I thought you were yeah. trying to say like like bring you in for like a fight, like in the tournament or something. I'm ready. So you can win that million dollar prize. Listen, I'll fight anybody for a million dollars. I don't care. Who <laughs> Just don't bring out the flying knee until the final. Okay. You don't, don't want to like, <laughs> you know, give them film. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so Patricio Pitbull's fighting in the main event, defending yep. his belt. Like you did you get to watch uh, the first fight between him and Sanchez? I did. And I checked the scores just to see. And it seemed like it was decently close. It's actually, it's it, it's an interesting fight. It, there's, uh, I don't think anyone would make the argument that, Sanchez won it, 
but he was game. It seems and, like I mean there there was it was a war. Yeah, I mean I think he got I think Pitbull got at least a one ten eight on on a scorecard from Brian. He did. Meyer. That's true. He did. That's true. Uh, I don't know which round because they didn't have the individual rounds broken down. But it seems Emmanuel Sanchez. I looked at his history. It seems like he's in a lot of lot of uh, close decisions just by the scores. I mean I don't, I I haven't really seen the fight, so I can't say how close the fights were. But the scores represent uh, pretty close fights. I don't always watch uh, Bellator, so I've missed uh, some of Sanchez fights over the years. But my understanding of what I kind of remember about him is he's he's a little bit more kind of patient and willing to make let the action come to him. Okay. You know, it, maybe I'm wrong here. I, I could be totally misremembering. Um, I wish I had had the chance to watch some more of his fights before this. But I do think that there's a good chance we could still see a good performance out of uh, Pitbull. Pitbull tends to do pretty well at rematches. Yeah, I'm going to, I mean, by default, I'm going to stick with the champ because I don't know much about the other guy. That's fair. I understand that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I would also say Pitbull. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Pitbull by round two TKO. All right. And just because uh, Pitbull by Oma Plata? Of course. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. So uh, now the predictions are out of the way. Who can we expect uh, scoring this fight? For the judges? Uh, well, so this one's going to be at Mohegan Sun as most Bellator events are going to be for a while. Um, they don't have any intentions of traveling for the time being. So, you know, we can go by the history of who they tend to bring in, uh, to the, from the Mohegan commission last December, we had, you know, guys like Brian Miner, Dave Torelli, Sal D'Amato came in, uh, Mike Bell. We often see Eric Cologne, Doug Crosby, Dave Peabody, Michael Murtha. So I would expect some combination thereof. I'm not sure who. I mean, there's no UFC this weekend, so really a lot of these guys could be available to do it. You know, maybe in a weekend where they were competing, it might not be as easy to split those guys. You know, some might come, some might not. But yeah, I would expect that you will probably get a good mix of those guys. All right. That's good. I wonder if Brian Miner will get to do double duty. Oh, judging and reference, he might. Yeah, be pretty cool. It would be. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Couchside Judges. We hope you enjoyed splitting headaches. Take some Advil if you need it. Or Tylenol. In case you got a splitting headache. Ah, <laughs> uh, April Fool's. <laughs> oh, I hate today. Minus the Yankees. Oh, yeah, that's right. Hope you guys enjoyed uh, opening day baseball if you like that. Take care, everybody, and uh, enjoy the fights. We'll see you on Monday. Oh.